0: You're listening to Empowered by Sweat, Episode 6 with your host, Megan Cameron. Welcome to How to Sweat Less, the podcast where we empower you with insight, inspiration, and humor on your journey to sweating less and loving yourself along the way. Let's talk sweat and why we sweat. In today's episode, we're digging deep. We're talking why we sweat and specifically a medical condition called hyperhidrosis. As I mentioned before in previous podcasts, sweat is essentially the human's way of cooling itself and protecting us from overheating. So it's essential in keeping us from getting too hot. A normal human body, sweat. And there are two to four million sweat glands distributed all over the body. The majority of them are called eccrine sweat glands, which are found in large numbers on the soles of the feet, the palms, the forehead, the cheeks, and in the armpits. So if you find yourself sweating more in those areas, there's no surprise there because that's where a lot of our sweat glands are located. Now, sweat is odorless and it's clear and as mentioned before, it controls the body's temperature. And how it does that is by when we sweat, it evaporates on the body and cools as it happens. Now, there's also another type of sweat gland called apocrine glands. And those are found in the armpits and the genital region. And they produce like a thick fluid. When the fluid comes in contact with bacteria on the skin's surface, it produces Body odor. So that is often why, if we're sweating from our armpits, we smell armpit odor. Or if we're sweating sometimes in the genital area, we'll smell odor there as well. It's not the sweat itself that smells; it's the bacteria on the skin surface that feeds off of this fluid that's coming out of our bodies. So both eccrine and apocrine sweat glands are activated by our nerves. And these nerves respond to a variety of stimuli, including messages from our brain indicating that we're too hot, hormones, emotions, and physical activity or exercise. And now for people who sweat excessively, the sweat glands, and in particular, it's eccrine, eccrine glands, They are overactive, and that is the definition of hyperhidrosis, is overactive sweat glands, therefore producing more sweat than necessary to cool the body. A great analogy that I've heard and that I use is that the the sweat glands are stuck in the on position. So imagine that you are at a faucet and you turn on the water from the tap, and the water just pours out. And then you just leave the tap on. That's essentially hyperhidrosis, excessive sweating. There are two different types of hyperhidrosis. One is primary focal hyperhidrosis, and then the other is secondary generalized hyperhidrosis. So let me dive a little bit deeper and talk more about what these two are and how you tell the difference between the two of them. Before I get too far into this, I want to tell you why I'm talking about this today. The reason I want to talk about it is because, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you sweat and you may think that you sweat more than others, or you're just bothered by sweat, how much you sweat, which is understandable. There's something that happened in your life related to sweat that has caused you to have an experience that was negative, most likely negative, around sweating. It's important to understand the facts about sweat and why we may sweat more than others. If you think you might have hyperhidrosis, It's really, really good if you can go into a medical professional and just be armed with information. When you have information, it helps you to advocate for yourself and even may change how you see yourself, how you may see others, and most importantly, how you feel about it. So here we go. Primary focal hyperhidrosis is one of the types that we're going to talk about, and it refers to excessive sweating that is not caused by another medical condition, nor is it a side effect of medication. And I'm getting this information from the International Hyperhidrosis Society, so you can look this up uh, on your own. It's fabulous information, backed by research, doctors, it's brilliant. So they have all the information that you need related to hyperhidrosis and more. Now, excessive sweating is the medical condition itself. So it's not related to a medical condition. It is the medical condition. And this type of sweating occurs in very specific areas of the body. So the like focalized areas and usually is symmetrical. So for example, I have hyperhidrosis under my armpits. And I sweat just as much from the left side as I do the right side. And so both left and right sides of the body are affected similarly. And the most common areas that are affected are your hands, your feet, your underarms, and your face or head. And the people that experience excessive sweating, usually it's in one of these areas or more. And for example... If you have sweaty hands, there's a high chance that you would also have sweaty feet. Now, when do you start to notice hyperhidrosis specifically? This one, I call it. I'll just call it type one, um, and it often begins at childhood or adolescence, specifically on the hands and the feet. Now, my experience with it being under the arms was when I hit puberty, and there's a reason for that because your hormones change, right? And that's kind of when also the apocrine glands start to kick in is you, you, your hormones start, you're hitting puberty, a whole bunch of funky different things are going on with the body and you start to sweat more, you start to smell more. And what I learned is that if it starts at puberty and you get, everybody starts to get sweaty at puberty, it's very human for us to be more sweaty then because of those apocrine glands. But also, our emotions, all the things relating and kind of hitting all at once is you start to sweat. But then, what happens is when you're done with puberty, you continue to sweat more than usual, more like excessively sweating. So, just because you hit a certain age and you have puberty, don't think that you have hyperhidrosis because that may not be the case. Uh, It's just puberty, and that's what the body's body does naturally. It's very human of us. Although people with primary focal hyperhidrosis have episodes of excessive sweating at least once a week, they usually don't experience excessive sweating while they sleep. So that's another key indicator is that you you aren't sweating at night. So you notice that it's like when you wake up from the moment you go to bed, you're sweating and it's not necessarily while you're sleeping. So I have a lot of clients that come to me because all of a sudden they're sweating a lot at night and they don't know why. Usually it's not related to um type 1 hyperhidrosis the primary hyperhidrosis. It's more related to either type the second type we're going to talk about or hormones which menopause and things like that. And what is interesting is a lot of people don't know that when you hit menopause one of the symptoms of that is excessive sweating. Again, very human. So if that's happening to you, don't panic. You're not alone. You're just human. So sweating at night is not often a symptom of primary hyperhidrosis. Then the next factor is they have learned that primary hyperhidrosis is inherited. So let me ask you this. If you feel you might have this type, have you talked to anybody in your family about it? Now, if you're my age, 42, chances are that growing up, it wasn't something that was discussed very much within the household. And we were pretty liberal, pretty open family. We talked about a lot of stuff, uh, but never this. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started really researching what hyperhidrosis was and being more open about it and doing mind work on it and doing coaching on it. That I started to talk to my mom. And unfortunately, my dad had passed away by then, so I wasn't able to talk to him. But I found out my mom barely sweat. Even to this day, she doesn't sweat very much. But my dad was a big sweater. And I would have had no idea. I noticed that he would sweat when he was, you know, doing physical activities or he was outside when it was hot, but I didn't notice any other times. And that could Possibly have been. I was so in denial of it for so long that I didn't notice it in other people, or I was too ashamed or embarrassed that I could never talk about it for myself, let alone bring it up with somebody else, even my own family members. There's a probably a high chance my dad had hyperhidrosis, and I also found out that another family member has it. And when I hear this, you know, there's there's also some of my clients that when they hear that it's hereditary. They're very fearful of what that means for their children and that they get a lot of thoughts and feelings that relate to maybe not wanting to have children or fears for their children having the same sorts of experiences that they did, which is again why managing the mind and coaching is so important because you know when our kids come into this world, they're perfect little beings. And if they're sweating, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong necessarily or that they're going to have the same life experiences that we did and that their past, our past is going to be their future. It doesn't mean that. They can choose to think and feel any way that they want. That's the beauty of it, is that a diagnosis of hyperhidrosis doesn't have to be mean that they have the same past that we have. Uh, that's for another podcast, <laughs> but for day today, we'll just mention that it's hereditary and that that's okay. It's okay. But if you get anything out of this, it means please talk to your kids about it and just be open about it. But don't put your fears on them because your experiences are not their experiences and they don't have to be their experiences. So hyperhidrosis does run in the family. And, you know, they're doing more and more research into this. They've also done a little more research into it that uh, it might be people who have hyperhidrosis might actually have higher cases of ADHD, too. Uh, There's some information out there, again, on the International Hyperhidrosis Society about that. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to, to take a look about the research that they've done. So let's get into how you may recognize whether or not you have primary hyperhidrosis. You can ask yourself a couple of questions. One is, are you sweating equally on the left side as you are the right side of your body? Or very similar, like is your left armpit often just as sweaty as your right or your left hand often as sweaty as your right hand? So noticing those things. Is sweating Impairing your daily activities? Are you experiencing at least one episode a week? Have you seen onset of this excessive sweating earlier than age 25? And do people in your family have excessive sweating going on in their lives? And if you're sleeping or when you go to bed, does the sweating stop? If you have at least a yes to two of those questions, then there's probably a pretty high chance that you have this primary focal hyperhidrosis and you may want to look into it some more, whether that means you find a clinician that can diagnose you or you just take this information in as knowledge for yourself. There's no right or wrong thing to do with this. It's just good information to have. And Some dermatologists believe that upwards of 90% of people who present with excessive sweating will be diagnosed with primary hyperhidrosis, so it is the most common type. Now on to type 2, I'll call it, which is secondary generalized hyperhidrosis. Now this type of excessive sweating is caused by another medical condition or is a side effect of medication itself. Hence, the reason it's called secondary. It's secondary to something else. And unlike primary, people experience sweating on larger parts of their body, more generalized, and other areas of the body. Another key difference between the two is that people with secondary generalized hyperhidrosis may often experience their sweating symptoms while sleeping. So with secondary hyperhidrosis, excessive sweating usually starts in adulthood as opposed to primary where it starts in childhood or adolescence. And then the treatment for secondary excessive sweating often involves first determining what the underlying medical condition or medication may be the root of the problem. And in this case, you don't want to eliminate any important symptoms of an underlying condition. So, with secondary hyperhidrosis, if you're interested in pursuing more information about that, again, you can go to the International Hyperhidrosis Society, sweathelp.org. So, all the things, if you're looking for more information about it, they also have a clinician finder. It's important that if you choose a route of getting a diagnosis, For one, they have like a checklist for you to fill out so that you are prepared when you go into the clinician's office. But also they have people that they know about hyperhidrosis. So they have a place where you can look up clinicians that know about hyperhidrosis that you could go and see in your area. So that is one route that you could go if you're interested in finding out if you have it or not. I hope this information was helpful because again, you know, arming yourself with information is... Super important, especially facts, because here's what happens is that we've had so many experiences in our lives, whether you're a sweater or you're just human. We have all these experiences and then we have these thoughts about these experiences and these emotions that come with this and then we act based on all of those things. Then we have these results in our lives. If sweat is a big thing that's running your life, then it's really great to know the difference between what's factual about it and what is the drama around it. So if you have any more questions or you wanna know more, head to the International Hyperhidrosis Society website, whathelp.org, or my website, empoweredbysweat.com send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to know what your stories are and what your experiences are. You know, eventually in this podcast, I'd love to feature experiences people are having with their sweat, um, how they've overcome challenges, how they've managed their mind. I'd love to hear and tell more of your stories and people that, you know, are interested in managing their mind around their sweat moving forward and leading the type of life that you want to be leading. So thank you so much for listening. And if you have any other subjects that you are really interested in hearing more about, for example, different treatment options for hyperhidrosis or just sweating in general, let me know. Let me know in the comments below or send me an email at megan at empoweredbysweat.com. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, head over to empoweredbysweat.com for more information about our coaching, community, and clothing.